This is K-12 Tech Talk. K-12 Tech Talk. The podcast by K-12 Techs for K-12 Techs. Real conversations, real arguments, and real banter on trending K-12 technology topics and issues. Live from the NTP studios, this is the K-12 Tech Talk podcast episode 156 my name is josh the host with the most with me as always the three amigos hello chris hello and mark i'm back yay we won't talk about david tonight david's been suspended from the pickleball league due to aggression so we'll we'll skip by that tonight uh but ntp is proud uh studio sponsor i missed you mark missed you guys too it's been a little bit, a little bit of uh, peel back the curtain a little bit here. Last week's episode, we recorded, we had to record a little bit early because Mark was out of town and incapacitated, uh, won't get into it. So Chris and I recorded that interview with Eric a few days early. So we missed a lot of the drama last week. So we're going to, we're going to cover some of the drama from last week. Tonight. Hey, and I realized that I missed Eric. Yeah, Eric was good. That if you haven't listened to that interview with Eric, I, it's good. Um, side note, he's not in K twelve anymore. I think we've talked about that a couple different times. Um, but he's made some observations about being on the outside now, looking in, and how K twelve tech operates. Most of the realized time. is not. I I knew that I missed Eric, but I like my heart acknowledged it. So. Um, if you don't know this, we are on YouTube. Uh, we typically mention that at the end of the episode. So go find us on YouTube. Uh, subscribe to us. We have quite the following over there if you want to see what our faces look like. Uh, I feel like that's where a good joke from Pate would come in. Um, so let's get right into it. Chris, why don't you tell us about ClassLink real quick? ClassLink, a proud sponsor of the K-12 Tech Talk podcast. Uh, you can check out ClassLink at ClassLink.com. Uh, if you hover your little cursor over products, you can see their launch pad, their analytics, and analytics plus. Uh, they can do your one sync. Uh, they can take care of your rostering. They can do security and data guarding of your stuff as well. I like to say, well, I don't know if I should say this. I'm going to say it anyway. Like Clever, but better. But I think we can also tease this. We have an interview with Clever in a few weeks. <laughs> yeah. And maybe this isn't the appropriate time to put. They're covering uh, class link in the same sentence, but class link, a proud sponsor of the K12 Tech Talk podcast. Clever is on my list. Um, <laughs> I'm not over that issue. Um, well, we booked an interview. I know that that interview, <laughs> that guy should probably be warned a little that it's going to be, we're going to be coming in hot. I'm um, not, listen, I've warned, I, 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 I gave questions and then I did a little bit of follow up. Like I, I feel like I, I feel like it is what it is. Yeah, I think we're gonna like you're either full of it right now, or you're gonna follow through with the inter interview and throw down. Me? You're? Yeah, we're gonna see who you actually are. Uh -huh. Are you all smack talk before the person shows up into the room, or when the person's in the room, are you the same guy? You know, I have no fear, and <laughs> I guess no we're gonna see in a couple of weeks. Okay. <laughs> This is going to be dangerous. Um, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> we, we, that'd be funny. <laughs> like, they have no idea it's like an ambush. 
And that's I don't want it to be any. But that's not the point of the interview. Not at you all. Come out swinging. No, but I I am I am rather frustrated with them at this point. Mark, the news. Don't bring me into this. No, I'm not. It's time for the news, Mark. Clever. If you are listening, if this is one of your like you're you're prepping. Oh, I'm sure they're going to be prepping. We're going to be nice. Those questions that I asked. In the email, those are the questions. Yeah, you might want to have some data privacy talking points in your stupid teacher, your teacher, whatever the hell it's called. There might be some follow-ups from Josh. They're unscripted. Josh is salty tonight. (laughs) Oh, Mark, you didn't get a phone call from me on that day when I found this. Josh cussed me out. I did cuss at Chris. Twice. Yeah. And I had him on speaker. Everybody in the office is like, what's going on? (laughs) All right, Mark. (laughs) <laughs> walk, walk us through the news mark well uh the the big one from last week um it happened i think probably the day you guys had recorded so you weren't able to talk about it but at&t outage what pretty pretty bad one across the country um i don't know about you guys i woke up and i was with some other districts and, and somebody said oh this is this isn't looking good at&t's down uh and then when you go to down detector on that day you see Mm. everything looks down probably because people who are on AT&T can't get to CNN or yeah. Fox News like they can't get all the other websites and they think that site's why down you, really... why you got to bring Fox News into this I, I like was... how you did uh, you did I like how you yeah that was good balance balance I'm trying to get everybody on here that was um, nice yeah <laughs> so many jokes so, so many, many jokes. so many jokes you know if you're listening uh, and you're wondering gosh I wonder what their political affiliation is um the answer is all of it, all of it. And I'm, and this is, we just dance around this topic and then we move on. Before. Find, me on find me on Twitter. You'll figure it out pretty quick. Um, <laughs> find me on truth. <laughs> well, just, kid, just kidding. So just kidding. No, no, you're not. Uh, so the funny <laughs> thing about the Twitter or the AT&T outage that morning was originally it was reported that AT&T and T-Mobile and Verizon were down all three. Uh, but as the day went on, I guess it became clear that the reason why they were seeing so many outages reported with T-Mobile and Verizon was that those customers couldn't reach AT&T customers. So it was a, mm. it was a perceived outage thing and getting reported incorrectly. So after it all shook out, kind of post-mortem, it, was, it really was only an AT&T outage. Well, um, I don't know about you. We, we don't use AT&T uh, in our district. Of course, individuals are going to have it. I had a little bit of a freak out that night when I get a text message or a call from somebody from HR and they unprompted got a two-step verification code. Oh. And they said, oh, does this mean that somebody's got my password? And before I could start to like panic about it, she said, or I have AT&T, was this just delayed? And so sure enough, they had gotten the two-step verification prompt, but the text message was delayed until service was restored. And then that person thought um that they were breached when in fact yeah. it was just a delayed text message so that that presented a number of issues um mm-hmm. i guess a- chris would you say at&t is probably one of the the big carrier around here i mean for sure um at&t had a had a major office in st louis for a long time i mean st louis was a big hub um so there's a definitely a stronghold with at&t in this area so the first thing that became apparent to us that was going to be a problem all day long uh, was faculty trying to log into Chromebooks 
and being prompted for 2FA and couldn't get it because they were set to text codes. Um, so I, I can't tell you the first hour and a half, two hours of the day, we were answering the phone, getting backup codes for people to get logged into their Chrome account, their Google accounts. Um, so the next day, I guess it was on Friday, I sent out a email to staff saying, Hey, kind of looking back at yesterday, if there is ever an outage like that, again, the one way around the potential issue with MFA and text messages is to download an offline code generator and get that installed and, and set that up. Now, I don't know how many people took me up on that advice, right? Um, but it's definitely a discussion that we had more than once during the outage. We mm. did. We did. Okay. Um, I know some of our, in the discord that we sit in, Josh, uh, several were talking about that, that they didn't have like a guest network uh, for faculty staff yeah. uh, to jump on. And I, it, it was a funny day for me because I've been on the fence. We've had issues. We, we still have a guest network. We And we have a bring your own device network that faculty staff students can use. And I've been on the fence in this last year, but even three months uh, of having some issues with said networks and on and on if if I should more fall in line with what some of my neighbors have done and shut that off. Uh, but I was thankful that we had it available uh, in the case of this because we got through the day without uh, MFA issues. I didn't I, we didn't really see any kind of tickets or anything from our staff. They they knew that they could jump on that if, if, if they needed to. Now, we still deal with there's some conspiracy theory and I know others have had this too, where they think if they're on the guest network, that tech's like watching everything they're doing. Uh, but in the cases of this, this is when the school can really come in handy with allowing a faculty member to have their cell phone on a network. Yeah. And, and we had a guest guest network. Um, but I went due to a number of issues. I ended up taking the captive portal down during this outage and double checking to make sure that calling over Wi-Fi and texting over Wi-Fi was able to take place on the guest network. Um, we Some people were having problems and couldn't grasp the idea of a captive portal and registering for the network. Um, so, yeah, we got through it. And then towards the end of the day, about one o'clock, I guess it was about one. Well, no, it came up at what, noon, right at noon, right at 11, something like that. I something guess it was simple, yeah. late morning. Um, I got a call from our elementary principal and he's like, Hey, uh, parent pickup's going to be a disaster. I'm like, Oh yeah. Because our, our parent pickups a little is, I guess, backwards from yours, Chris, or no, you, I don't remember what you have. Um, when the parents come in our parking lot, they scan a QR code. They're using their cell phone to scan a QR code. It launches an app. They log into the app. So they're using their data. Well, if, yeah. Let's say even 50% of our parents had AT&T and that wouldn't take place. Uh, and that would be a d disaster. We we parent pick up a ton of ton of kids. Um, so we started spitballing the idea, okay, if, if we've got to stand in the parking lot with an access point pointing at the parent pickup line, what room are we going to run the cable out the window to stand in the parking <laughs> yeah. lot with the access point and you know that who who's gonna get who who's gonna let who's the, gonna hold it who's, who's gonna, gonna hold the access point i i volunteered you know the pr guy can take my picture to going the extra mile and post it on facebook 
<laughs> you volunteered under the condition that the PR guy show up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mark, how'd you do, buddy? Um, I, I don't know. That's fine. He was out of the office. He didn't know. I don't have AT&T. Really? Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I made it. I survived. Your guys survived. You were you were <sighs> off on special assignment. Well, we we were actually on uh, in the no, in the New England area. We have a February vacation, so our schools were closed last week. Oh, no kidding. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Kind of weird for other parts of the country, but it's normal in New England. What's hmm. the holiday? Uh, February. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of snow. Yep. We have a week in February and a week in April. Huh. Yeah. Wow. So you guys really don't go to school that much. Uh, no, we, yeah, I don't like 30 days a year or something like that. It's, you know, wow. Four, take yeah, you guys we like our vacations. You might as well go four day a week up there. Um, what else you got Mark in the news? Well, so Ed week, uh, has published a few different, uh, recent, recent articles and, and, uh, surveys on AI and tell me more. about, I don't know about you, but AI is, it's a thing it's there. It hasn't really permeated education. I, I I at least don't see it as this game-changing event that's hit classrooms. And when you do see it, it's it's individuals here and there. Well, Ed Week did an article recently of the top 13 reasons teachers avoid ChatGPT and other AI tools. Hmm. Uh, and I'll give you some basic statistics, and I'll see if you can guess what the the main reasons why. But what they, they first started with is about 59% of educators are not currently using ChatGPT or other AI tools. What's more is 37% of respondents, which includes district leaders, it's important to do that, and school leaders, say they have never used the tools and they don't plan on starting anytime soon. Hmm. So uh, you could see that the usage is not as high as you might think, especially for us in technology. Um, so what are the reasons why people are not using AI? Now, this is educators. What do you think are the, the, the some of the top reasons? Educators? Yeah. Lack of professional development. That is the number two reason with 36% of users saying, I don't know how to use the tools. Can I, can I, can I make a guess as to what's not on the list? Sure. Concerns about data privacy? Ah, that is number one, two, three, four, five, six. Hmm. Um, 27% of users uh, of respondents had concerns around data privacy and security. Those must have been the IT people in, that they interviewed. Yeah. <sighs> so negative against teachers. There's no way a teacher thought that. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. Mark, what's what's number one? <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Oh, I, I don't know. Lack of trust? I don't know. Bias? Mm. The number one reason, uh, meaning uh, the the forty six percent of educators who are not using it stated, "I haven't explored these tools because I have other priorities that are more important." No, oh, that's a lame. Experience. Good for them. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Teachers are overloaded. They got way too many things. Everybody's overloaded, Mark. <sighs> You're overloaded. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, the other one, though. Okay. 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 We got a timeout sign here. Time here out. we go. Time out. Here we go. In Clever. This is what you're in for. Just <laughs> warning you. As Mark takes a drink. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
in 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 life that excuse of i'm too busy or i have other things to worry about it's a cop out and i'm not saying that from a perspective of the realm of education like in general if you're using the excuse to not do something and the excuse is i i've got other priorities just say you don't want to do it yeah right yeah i agree you know just say no all right go ahead move on mark i'm sorry well the the other thing that started to come up in the survey was around teachers saying that actually it's banned in my school there was another article by ed week very recently as well where they surveyed teachers principals and district leaders about is is chat gpt even allowed in your Hmm. district and there are three responses. Um, yes, it is allowed for everybody. Yes, but only for educators or for staff. And no, it's they're not allowed to be used. They're banned from my school. Now, can you guess what the percentage is in each category? Hmm. Let's start with um, no, AI and ChatGPT are banned. How many respondents oh, do you think? Total banned. Total banned. I'm I'm gonna say forty percent. I'll go fifty. Wow, seven percent. Wow, impressive. Seven percent. That is yep. impressive. Now, next one. Add to that seven percent. How many uh, districts have it allowed for staff, but not for students? Uh, based I'll on say, previous results, I'll say sixty-three. I'm going to go 40. I'm going to write these answers down, though, because I'm going to do math. 20%. Whoa. That leaves a whopping 73% of school districts where Mm-mm. ChatGPT is not wait, banned. Wait. Let's do the math here. All it's right, so It adds up. You can, that you can seems use your wrong. Here, no, this is according two, to their survey in December four. of this year. 26. There's a that's problem. A, that's 117, Mark. No, you no, that's not 117. <laughs> 73 plus 7 is 80, plus 20 is 100. I don't think that's good what Carry you just said. Three. I think that means there's a lot of schools. I got 64. There's <laughs> a lot of schools moving to AI too quickly. <laughs> Hang on a second. One of the numbers was 73%. So how Josh got 64 is beyond me. But but Chris, are you just upset because you block ChatGPT and you realize that you're one of only 7%? Well, sometimes <laughs> sometimes in life you know. Yeah, one of those 7% was from Chris's district. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes in life you know the right thing and you see other people not doing the right thing and it causes you to have concern for them. That's right. Is is that why you go to Truth Social? Oh, 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 sorry. Sorry. (laughs) I had I I (laughs) wow. Have you guys ever been on there? I actually haven't. No. Was that the one that you had to make a copy of your driver's license to create an account? Or was that something else? We should move on. You know, Um, before the show started, we were talking about um visiting washington dc and chris says he's never been to washington dc so i just want to throw that out there <laughs> just to clarify if there's any investigators listening <laughs> okay 
Uh, last article, uh, there was recently. <laughs> right, wait, you, I got, I got, Josh, are you gonna, are you gonna unblock? One oh one. I got one oh one. Mark, I did the math. Um, it's not blocked for teachers. It's blocked for students right now. Mark, is that what you do? What do you do? We're unblocked. Totally. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. If you're wrong. <laughs> Interesting. Wow. Okay. Like you let your your kids are clicking the. He's he's not going to answer, Chris. Oh yeah. They they are. I they are. And actually, this was a really cool thing. Uh, my superintendent forwarded me a, a letter that she'd gotten from a student. It was like, hey, something seems off about this one. Um, and it turns out that the student had written the letter using ChatGPT. But what we both noticed at first is that he cited at the very bottom of the letter oh. that this this letter was written partially using ChatGPT. And I was like, that's such a cool thing that like that was part of our our guidance is you should always be open and honest about using it. And so the student was was following through. So I like that. Well, one out of what, 70,000 kids. Yeah. Yeah. All right. My last article. And this is something (laughs) that uh, (laughs) this is something that I I, I had not heard of because my state does not have a law about this. Um, There is a, a law that comes out of Florida called Alyssa's Law. Uh, and it is in use in other states. A, a handful of other states have either a- adopted this law or variations of it that require schools to equip alarm systems for teachers, basically panic um, buttons. I've heard of this. And uh, so there was a, a, a recent uh, superintendent's conference, national conference by the AASA. And this was a hot topic there. Uh, and there are a number of companies that com- have come forward with something as simple as maybe an ID card that the teacher is wearing uh, and allows the the teacher to click the panic button that goes uh, typically straight to 911. So my question for you guys is, are, are you considering this? Is your state one of the states that is enacting this or considering it? Uh, and have you explored some of these technologies? Because as you, as you can imagine, this has a very, very heck heavy, I can't talk, very heavy tech uh, involvement to roll this kind of thing out. We do not. We do not ha- have to do that. <clears throat> yeah, and don't expect the Missouri legislature to do anything but filibuster itself. We do have buttons at the main offices that the secretaries can press. Chris, do you desk. remember? Do you remember at Mornet and maybe even Midwest Tech Talk? There was a presentation a couple years ago by I don't remember who it was, but they were like making their own version of these panic buttons. Like they were 3D printing a case and yeah, they had a you... list of parts and it would alert like the office or something. Yeah. There's a there's a Raspberry Pi. Yeah. You know, your your tech department would start supporting Raspberry Pis, right? Right. Uh but an easy Raspberry Pi install that you can do if you can call Raspberry Pi's easy installs. That will send the text. It does a, a group and it works well. Yeah. Ooh, that seems like a liability waiting to happen. Yeah. I mean, if you if you home grow it and build it yourself, yeah, you're taking on a lot of ownership. And you'd yeah. have to put into place like a monthly pressing of the button. Right. Like you'd have to you'd That's, have to put in a procedure with yeah. that. Yeah, I was yeah. just gonna say if it didn't work, you're you're taking on a lot a lot of liability for a, a homegrown product like that. Yeah. Um no, and that's shoot, man. That Chris, the first time we heard about that, that was probably what five, six years ago. Yeah, yeah, interesting. I can find it. I, well, I, re- 
I don't see Missouri doing anything. We we it we're dysfunctional state legislature. Um, I'm sorry to hear that, but if you do, um, there are a number of companies out there that do this. Um, some of them uh, are bigger names than others. Typically, though, these systems are going to ride on a different network, uh, so they're hmm. not dependent on your your Wi-Fi. In fact, some of the systems out there, you're actually installing separate antennas throughout your campus. Uh, no kidding. Those, yeah, so they they can be very very pricey. Um, I I don't know. I have a lot of different feelings and thoughts about these buttons and whether or not they're so almost like a telemetry system in a hospital. Correct. With, with panic buttons or like a code blue type yep. button situation. Ooh. Yeah. Those, those become, I, like you said, you're, you're adding a whole nother network. Like when I was at the hospital, we had a whole other team, the clinical engineering department that that's all they dealt with were, were mm-hmm. the, the clinical systems, um, yeah. Wow. I, I really don't want to duplicate a network. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously the, the cost uh, and the expense to maintain it is, is, can be very hefty. Um, I think that, you know, the, the folks that are, that are supporters of this will say that there's no cost uh, for sure. the value that you can get from sure. it. Um, I do think that at the same time, there's, there's value for teachers to have a little bit of safety wearing around their neck, knowing that, you know, that, that, that if there's an issue that, that a, you know, 911 is just a button click away. Um, but it's a commitment. I, I will say this, that these kinds of systems are not something you can set it and forget it. Uh, they take a lot of maintenance and they take a lot of care um, because this is life or death if they are needed well, and not working. And to that point, Mark, it better work in every nook and cranny hallway corner that yeah. is in a building. You know, like if, if yeah. something happens and you're hiding in a corner, and and the network was designed for coverage and it's missing this back corner of a hallway that no one ever goes down. Um, yeah, you, you're talking majorly robust coverage at that point. Yeah. Well, anyways, that is it for the news. Um, we'll link all those articles in the show notes. And uh, I think at this point, either we'll jump to a sponsor or, or Josh will go to the listener email. Yeah, Chris, why don't you tell us about Absolute? Are you paying attention? Yeah, you know, I'm in my Google Drive looking for a Raspberry Pi presentation from seven years ago. But <laughs> uh, Absolute, a proud sponsor of the K-12 Tech Talk podcast, Absolute can save your school district time and money. You might be asking yourself, how? Uh, their software how? can help Chris, locate... how can how can Absolute save me money, Chris? They can help you locate lost and stolen devices, even when they're off your school network. Uh, they have a dashboard that can streamline inventory collection and control of your devices. And they have an offer for the K12 Tech Talk podcast listeners. If you email k12tech at absolute.com, uh, they can hook you up uh, with some special pricing. You just got to email that email address, k12tech at absolute.com. All right. Um. So, yeah, we had a listener email from, uh, hang on, let me find the email real quick here, uh, Raul. He had a uh, Google DLP alert this week. A teacher, and it was You down early. with DLP? Yeah, you know me. You down was, with DLP? Yeah, you know me. God. <laughs> Josh, you want us to cut that out? No, okay, I great. think we should embarrass you both and leave it in. Yeah, we're not, we're not cutting that out. Um, so Raul said that 
early, I guess it was Tuesday morning, he was getting DLP alerts about uh, a teacher sharing a document with social security number in it. He's like, oh, that's weird. And then it kept happening. It happened like six times in a row, he said. So he went into the message and opened it up and went into the console, looked at the file name. You guys want to take a guess at what the file name that Raul saw was? It's tax season. Yep. Was it a tax return? Twenty? No, it wasn't a tax return, but it was a 2023 W-2. Oh. Nice. Close. Close. So he calls the teacher. The teacher says he's trying to email it to his accountant. And, you know, Raul goes on to explain about how, you know, you really shouldn't be doing this on a school account because now if someone sunshines your account, your tax return is there. Um, No, no, no. School me, Mark. You've got your finger up. Sunshine or FOIA or FOIL, however you call it in your state, is for FOIL. I don't know. There's different words. Basically, public records requests. Yes. Those are for requests for public documents, public information. Not everything in your email is public information or public documents. If your evaluation is sent in your uh, email, that's not public. That's your personnel record. If you're sending a private uh, student record, that's part of student record. Just because it's in your email does not mean that it's public record. Okay, Mark. Um, (laughs) But the teacher's response was, how else am I supposed to get this to my accountant? Uh, And that's a whole other discussion about how, you know, your accountant probably shouldn't be accepting W-2s over email. Like that's a concern. But anyway... How do you guys are, uh, have you had to have the conversation of personal documents like this in school drive or office 365? We're welcoming our office 365 listeners here. Um, Have you had to have that conversation about personal documents in a workplace environment? Yeah, we, um, you know, our, our policy, our acceptable use policy allows for, personal uh, understands that you know technology or or district resources may be used for personal use with the caveat as long as that personal use does not impede or impact the working environment and basically you you cannot use your personal computer and for profit or or you cannot uh do something that's going to cost district money um however um what what you're saying here is like you're actually storing some very very sensitive personal information here and i think that's very obvious that that should be frowned upon for everybody um, because you're just uh, increasing risk. You're, you're exposing your tax return to people in the IT department, you know, potentially causing a problem where you might share your document out, out to other people in your school. So um, I would 100% frown uh, on, on people using district or school accounts for personal information um, that, really is just going to only it's going to harm them uh in the long run um but yes yeah, so we've, we've dealt with that on on many occasions and, and our dlp rules pick up that stuff quite a lot unfortunately chris i feel like i'm learning something from mark today and my head's kind of spinning with it okay lay it on me just tell me tell me again mark he got very indignant about that didn't he yeah tell me again tell you tell you what the whole thing what what can a person request? Oh, you want to go back to the 
public record. What is yes, and what is uh, excluded? Well, it it comes down to the definition of of what is a public record, uh, and there are certain things that are not under the definition of a public record. So if I ask for access to um, all emails between Chris and his supervisor, um, I don't get access to evaluated evaluative documents and stuff where your supervisor is saying, hey, Chris, you're doing a really bad job. I don't get access to that well, as public. But Mark, I think it's worth pointing out, at least in Missouri, personnel records every year are declared closed records anyway. Correct. So, but does, but in, so excluding personnel records, let's say this, this person had a document in their drive if it mm -hmm. wasn't classified as a as a personnel record, could it still be FOIA'd? Um, no, uh, because you're that's that's well, okay, sorry. There's different categories that are excluded from from FOIA or or Sunshine laws. Personnel records are part of it. Student records are another big sure, part of it. Sure, um, information that could be damaging or harmful to the organization. So all of your security documents not public record um a, a list of doors that are broken and and could be breached and you know somebody can break in not public record because that can cause harm to the district so it really comes down to what about you know, me me emailing josh what about um what, what I do you do for lunch what do you do yeah what would yeah. you go for lunch yeah that could be perceived as public josh i think you're doing a bad job or josh uh, what's your social security number? Not public. Josh, is your internet okay? That's a is great your... question. That could be perceived in different ways. This is where a lawyer comes into play. And as the little uh, thing at the end of our episode says, we're not lawyers. <laughs> but Mark stayed, a, clearly Mark stayed at a Holiday Inn last night. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I, my dog tonight. Can you hear the dog? No, no, we're good. He's riled up about sunshine. <laughs> um, I think you've you've instilled in me that 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 there should be a whole lot of pushback on any kind of request ever. Like someone needs to triple check what they're even giving oh, out when when when, you, when these requests come in. You're kicking a hornet's nest in Missouri, man. Uh oh. Like we should push back. We should say <clears throat> no. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead. You're going to be the next school district in the news getting sued. Hang on a second. If I were to request all emails between Chris and his superintendent, would I get all those emails? I have no idea. I'm I'm just the, the guy clicking buttons. Because the man. school district, I mean, we have a records person. Yeah. And that person's going to be working with the attorney yeah. to do that discernment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris, Mark, I, I, don't, I don't know that we ever talked about this, Mark. Chris, when did that FOIA request, was that like two years ago going into COVID, during COVID, uh, from the Attorney General's office to more or less every district oh, yeah. in the state Yeah, with a list of like, how many, it was like 1,500 terms. We're getting a little, we're, we're we've really done a thing tonight, I think. Yeah, I, we've, we've upset. They were terms people. associated with. DEI, it was yeah. DEI and mainly mainly DEI. Oh, and to see what what conversations were taking place. 
Yeah, curriculum wise and conversations. Yeah. And and I when I say fifteen hundred words, I mean every bit. It, the list was every bit of fifteen hundred. Were they phrases. dirty words? Like, no, they were phrases like white privilege. Uh, I mean, use your imagination. It it was ridiculous. Um, and every district except for what was the count like six, three, something. Uh, every district got the FOIA. Um. And we'll just leave it at that. But yeah, that that came straight from the attorney general. Um, well, it, it was the great example, too, of like the, the, the yeah. word privilege comes up a lot in email. Yeah. Um, you know, you 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 think about keyword searches and you don't like keyword search isn't considering context and like, well, what are you actually looking for? Yeah, the, it was just a keyword search. There were a number of districts pushing back saying this would take us 11 years and X number of dollars, man hours, and would cost this. I I honestly don't remember where it ended up going. Um, But yeah, that was ridiculous. Man, Mark. Mark, he's bringing up all the touchy subjects tonight. (laughs) I'm sorry. So yeah, Raul. Apparently, what is going on? There is the a background? ghost behind Mark. <laughs> what is going on? My wife is destined to see how well the background blurring works. It's not working out well. Wow, there is some crazy stuff going on in Mark's house. Um, Awkward. Yeah. It, what was weird is her head never showed up. It was just her arms and her torso. Yeah. So this is great advertising to go to the YouTube channel. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Um. All right, Raul. So yeah, I I don't know. Listen to Mark. I I don't know. But he's not um, an attorney. Listen to the end of the episode. Yeah, we do have that disclaimer. Go get he, your own advice. We don't really know what we're talking about here. He stayed at a Holiday Inn <laughs> last night. Um, and then so if you haven't noticed, Google changed some layout things in the admin console recently. So Chris, you're you're uh, always keen on doing this. If you log into your admin console right now. Let me do it right now. And pull up a random user. When you pull up the details of that user, so click on the user. Yeah, that's a real deal today. Yeah. For a loop. Those, what, there's like four tabs now across the top. Yeah. Including group memberships. And then if, I guess, if you buy up, you have the security tab. And it's got a bunch of, a bunch of like canned investigation tool reports in there, uh, including like suspicious logons. Uh, recently deleted yeah, files. Emails classified as spam. Yeah. External emails received, files shared externally, failed sign-ins, files deleted, password leaks, all kinds of good stuff under investigate. So yeah, it, they've, uh, it, I love the group tab now to see what groups the person's in. So yeah, they're uh, making some changes to, to the admin console. Uh, I gotta love it when Google does that kind of unannounced. Um, Let's see, before we get into our big topic of the night, Chris, why don't you tell us about HPE Aruba? We know they're a proud sponsor, but tell us about them. They are a proud sponsor of the K-12 Tech Talk podcast, and they're going to be uh, at the Midwest Tech Talk Security Symposium next week. Uh, I heard Josh might swing by as well. Mark's not coming to this one, but maybe we'll see Mark in July. But uh, March 8th, uh, kickoff is on the 7th. Uh, in Columbia, Missouri, the Midwest Tech Talk Security Symposium in Aruba will be there. Uh, Jeff 
uh, is who you can contact if you're needing some Aruba products. Jeff.cob, C-O-B-B, at H-P-E.com. Security Symposium is going to be awesome, by the way. We got Back to the Future stuff as the theme. Might be giving away a hoverboard. I might be Marty McFly, dressed up as Marty. You giving away a DeLorean? Who knows, really? Actually, yes, we are. It's an easy thing to say. Okay. A DeLorean in some form will be given away. All right. Doug Levin with K-126 is doing our keynote. Shout uh, out to Doug. Doug. Going to be hanging out with Doug for a day or so. Are you and oh. Doug? Are you and Doug going to be allowed on the same stage at the same time? I don't know. Those are two big personalities. <laughs> I'm not sure. And I'll be wearing my Marty McFly jacket. <laughs> um. All right. So the big topic of the evening. I bought a Biff costume. Yeah. Also a doc. And a bunch of the vests, like the whole committee, were dressing out Back to the Future. Uh, who's who's wearing the Doc costume? That's got to be. We don't Rooks. know yet. Rooks is. I think he's going to be, uh, not Buff Biff. Well, Rooks is Buff, but yeah, he could be Biff. Um, <laughs> so our main topic this evening, and this kind of goes hand in hand with <laughs> the main topic. Yeah, we're just now here. This goes hand in hand with the AT&T outage uh, is doing a tabletop with uh, your senior leadership or your building leadership in your district and making it meaningful for them. Um, Chris and I, it's no secret that we're here in Missouri and there was a, a rather large district. Actually, there's been two education entities. We'll just put it that way in the last uh, month or so that have been hit with a very particular uh, strand of ransomware. And uh, that one of the education entities just got internet back today. So they've been out for over a week, about 10 days without internet. Um, so, you know, that every time you hear of that happening, the the conversations kind of bubble back up of, okay, so if this happened in my environment and we had to kill the internet for 10 days, how are we accomplishing parent pickup? Because, you know, we talked about that during the AT&T outage. If if cell service wasn't working, would parent pickup work? Um, in our case, it would because it's a little bit it's a little bit different, delivered a little bit differently. Um, how are you getting the student records? If Internet's down, how are you getting to your assists if it's cloud hosted? Uh, what are you are you rolling out hotspots to your buildings to have key places that can get into your student information system and, and input attendance? Um, Chris, I know you said you've done a tabletop with your leadership, right? Yeah, I think it was towards the start of the school year. Um, it was principals, superintendents, um, in the room and we ran, a. it was off of, uh, MSI sec. Is it on there or is it on CISA? I think it was MSI sec. Uh, I took, I took one of those and made it into a shorter, uh, thing and just ran a day scenario of. Internet's down, Wi-Fi's down, so intercoms don't work, bells don't work. Uh, what say you? And we kept doing this thing of, are we still having school? And the principals would be like, oh, I don't know, and they talk, and then you look at the superintendent, he's like, yeah, we're still having school. And we kind of played out scenarios back and forth. Okay, well, if it was a second day of that, we still having school, principal's opinion, how would you do lunch? You know, 
and they talk through stuff and look at superintendent. Does he agree with that? Uh, that mm -hmm. kind of thing. Try to be laid back. Um, we didn't get too technical about things, but just you guys talk for a while. Yeah. Here, here's the stuff that's down. So just yeah. talk about it. Well, and, and I'm envisioning like having a Dungeons and Dragons dice and like to figure out our intercoms up and you roll the dice. If, if the number is an even number, yes, intercoms are up. If it's an odd number, intercoms are down. Um, like you could, you could have a lot of fun with that. Yeah, that sounds um, fun. Mark, what are so your thoughts? I well, I'm I'm preparing for a tabletop in a couple of weeks with my exec team, and I'm and I'm excited. But I, I'm just curious what you guys have learned and what are the some of the things. So, I had wanted to make this very very scripted that I'm going to follow this kind of generalized script that's based on a local district attack. But Josh, I mean, you're rolling the dice. You're like throwing stuff out there. Like, I, is I, there a you know benefit to that, or or what should be what should we be planning for in terms of how much of it is scripted versus unscripted? You know, well. I, I think it depends on your personality and, and you know your environment better. Like, is your leadership team going to tolerate kind of a seat of the pants rolling of the dice type scenario? Or are they going to feel better that you're actually walking through and you already kind of the, the whoever's leading the event already knows that the, the dungeon master already knows that um, me, my personality is, I'm going to make a game of it to keep people engaged and to keep it fun and lighthearted. I would probably go more the route of dungeon master and rolling dice. Um, Chris, I don't, you didn't do that, right? You were more scripted with the MSI sec. Yeah. It literally had a scenario of like, and I'm trying to find it. It was like laptop lost on day one. Yes. And, and it yeah, was like fired at, employee at 1230 PM. This happens. And you just tell the group, this happened. And then they're kind of thinking about, well, how does that impact me? No big deal. And and that's kind of how it played out for like the first day. It wasn't a big deal to anybody else except for the tech department, which is that's that's the common thing. And then when it hit, OK, it's ransomware and the Wi-Fi is down. OK. And then like, oh, well, yeah, we can still teach because the Chromebooks are still working. I'm like, no, Chromebooks don't work. And then, you know, then you start throwing in, hey, bells don't work now intercoms don't work now and that was when it got real and then there was even that stuff of okay what 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 happens with attendance um if you can't take attendance online mm. and i remember somebody saying well we have the backup you know papers printed but then there were looks at each other of do we still have those papers printed like is someone still doing that you know if, if we yeah. got back to the office do we actually have that binder ready so again, it was laid back conversation and laid back as far as being technical about it. Uh, just, hey, guys, just talk to each other. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed the differences in what elementary thought they could pull off as opposed to secondary. And mm -hmm. I really enjoyed a principal's perspective. And then you looked at the superintendent and what they thought should happen and sure. how there was some tension on we're still having school today. Oh, we're still having school today um and disasters surrounding us and you know you're 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 starting to kind of see how that would actually play out with those quick and and that's how it would be in real life i think there'd be a whole lot of quick conversations where you're making decisions quickly yeah, it, so it's good to play you know it, but you throw into that you know if if it's a a relatively real scenario you wouldn't you probably wouldn't have email to rely on to communicate with you wouldn't have um 
office phones to rely on to communicate with. So you're you're immediately at like tier three or level three out of band communication, either direct text messages or a text group or some other, you know, do you have a remind group, which I've already talked to my PR guy about, you know, we use remind. Should we have a leadership team remind that in, in a scenario like this, that we can engage that? Because I, I can't tell you that I have every assistant principal cell phone number. Like if, if we need, if we, Mark, mm-hmm. you're, I mean, you're exponentially bigger than us. I, do you have every assistant principal cell phone number available to you? Yes. Of course. Um, <laughs> but no, you know, but you got to think about that kind of stuff. But to that point though, you, you think about all these channels that you'll use and then it's, but what if that channel's not there? Oh, sure. Right. right. That's it's it, for me, it's less around like, I know where I can get cell phone numbers and I know where I can get contact information for everybody. But what if I can't get to that? Yeah. That Avenue. I think that's a fun thing to inject into the tabletop of, you know, people come up with strategies and plans and then you're like, but that's gone and that's down or that's off limits. So yeah, um, it's fun. I mean, I think the purpose of a tabletop is not to come up with answers, but more to just to see how well the team works together and, and, and collaborates. I, I, I would, I would, disagree with you just a little bit there mark on the you're not going to come up with answers which yes that that environment they're not going to come up with technical answers and i i don't think a tabletop with your leadership team should be a technical exercise yes it's more of an exercise in like that disaster preparedness like they they all practice for fire drills they all practice we've said this before they all practice for tornadoes well maybe not in the northeast but this is a similar practice. Like they need to have it. Maybe you only do it once a year because the likelihood yeah. of it happening is relatively small, but they need to know, okay, when this happens, don't, don't expect everything in the office to work. Like yeah. there's going yeah. to be problems. It's just interesting. You talk about how we do fire drills and it's, we've all done fire drills since we were kids and we're all going to keep doing fire drills every day. But I don't know the last time I've heard of a school fire, but yeah, it's been, a couple of hours since I last heard of a neighborhood school district getting hit with ransomware. So yeah, it'll just be interesting to see if this picks up. Well, um, go ahead. No, no, no. Keep going. So I, so what brings this up is the, the one district that was rather close to us um, that had this incident. They, it was last week going into um, I guess it was president's day weekend and they end up calling off on Monday for Tuesday, Wednesday. Because and and the news, the news circulating at the time was uh, unexpected network outages and they couldn't um, hold school. So immediately comments on social media was like, oh, these teachers can't teach without without the Internet. Back in my day, you know, I walked uphill school to both ways, you know, that kind of conversation. But I think um, the, the district did a very, very good job as they ended up canceling and ended up coming back a week later with the rationalization of like, look, we couldn't lock or unlock our doors, our exterior doors, because that system was down. Security cameras were down. Mm -hmm. Bells were like, there were multiple layers of safety and security for kids, safety and security that were not working and we could not have school and have it be a safe environment. And I think they did an excellent job on communicating that and making that point 
Mm -hmm. um, because that's something that a lot of people don't realize. You know, I, I had a conversation with a really good friend of mine who, um, he's like, yeah, this is ridiculous that they can't even lock their doors. I'm like, I've been at my school for 10 years and we've had like our door locks have been riding in the network the entire time I've been here. Mm -hmm. Like they they've been on our network the entire time. And if the network is down, those stinking door locks don't work. So yeah, that is very, very phones for the last 25 years have ridden the network. If the network is down, your phones aren't going to work. That is a very reasonable outage. Um, so I, I, there's a lot of, um, I don't know, dispelling a myth. I, I don't I don't know how you do that. And of course, that's in the heat of the incident where you're trying to wrap your arms around what's really going on. And then you have all this, you know, complaint and, and crabbiness right. about it all. Yeah, I found the uh, resource I used. It, it was from CISA. Oh, OK, so we'll, we'll put that in the podcast description link. There's a K-12 one. Awesome. I think that uh, one's kind of technical, though, isn't it? It's what I use. Like it lets you fill in like there's like things the find replace to put your school district name in. Yeah. And I pulled from it several of the paragraphs and made my own Okay. with it. I'm excited. I mean, I'll, I'll report back after we do the tabletop. Um, but my goal is to kind of throw the scenario out for folks, see how well they work together, see how well they kind of think on their, on their feet. Um, I'm really eager to see what their response is and, and how quick our leadership is to say, you know, we can or cannot open school. I'm, I'm very, very confident that that it's going to be very hard for that team to come to the conclusion that we have to close school during an outage. Really? But I'm also, I'm, I mean, here's the thing. You're going to throw things at them to say, like, did you know that we can't do this? Did you know that we can't do that? And then that might, you know, might throw the, the conversation uh, into a loop. But I'm really eager to see what questions they have for me. Uh, and what questions and answers I need need to be prepared for in an emergency. So it'll be fun. I, I just thought about this too. It helped us with our incident response plan. We had uh, put in priorities of if servers are down, what order we would try to restore. And after that meeting, we changed some of that order based upon that meeting. Like, oh, and I'm making this up. Intercom is more important than bells. And maybe we had it flipped. Um, there was some inter interesting, you know, quick results from that. Mm -hmm. hmm. Very cool. All right, Chris, why don't you wrap us up tonight with sponsors with uh, Fortinet? Yeah, Fortinet, a proud sponsor of the K12 Tech Talk podcast. You can email Chris Illingworth at Fortinet podcast at Fortinet.com. They will also be at the security symposium, which is slash the K12 Tech Pro Midwest meetup for the first time ever. Uh, next week, uh, they're doing a vendor showcase session and they're bringing some folks uh, to do a special session with us as well. Fortinet's always uh, been good and uh, been good to sponsor the events and uh, have a good conversation. So, fellas, what are you uh, looking forward to in the next week? I guess the security symposium. Mark, you looking? Do you have another break next week? Another March break now? Oh, it's March. Oh, hey, it's leap year today. Yeah, it is leap year today. Happy birthday to Did anybody you know, who was I, born. I learned something today about leap year that if if the leap year falls on a year divisible by 100, it also to be a leap year, it also has to be divisible by 400. 
if it's not divisible by 400, it is, it won't be a leap year. It could be a fourth year, but won't be a leap year. Someone told me that today. Mm. Mm. Do you want us to cut this part of the episode out? You're so funny. Uh, I am really looking forward <laughs> next week to just, I think I have three infinite campus meetings that I'm really excited about. Oh, uh, you know, I haven't I'm, heard you complain about that this week. I, I love Zoom. I love spending time on a webcam. I love hanging out with my secretaries and counselors and my sis coordinator. Uh, I just, I'm in the pocket of greatness. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have any calls from you. No, week. it's been fine. Today was, or this week was a good week with that migration. All right. Well, Look at, can you tell if I'm lying? <laughs> Find us on Twitter, tweet at us, give us some feedback, shoot us an email. If you've got a story like Raul about finding a W-2 in someone's uh, drive and then attempting to share it. If you don't agree with Mark's uh, assessment of FOIA, let us know. Uh, K12techtalk at gmail.com. Share us with your friends, share us with your enemies, just get the word out. The views and opinions expressed on the K-12 Tech Talk podcast are the personal opinions of Josh, Chris, and Mark, and do not represent the views or opinions of our sponsors or other organizations that we're affiliated with. The material information presented here is for general information and entertainment purposes only. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.